This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. podcast about the books you've been meaning to read my name is craig uh, my name andrew that's your name it's it andrew <laughs> it me <laughs> and welcome to our book podcast where we talk about books um one of us has read this week's book andrew you're that one what book I'm did the you one. read this week i'm the one i read i read the air affair by jasper ford jasper two Ford. F's. yes um and the deal is that neither of us have read this before andrew's gonna tell me about it uh, i'm gonna interrupt him and you're gonna enjoy it the listener at home that's and this the is deal just, this is it and this is a decision <laughs> that we made years and years ago oh, to so we could keep up with the pace of a week, uh, the pace of a weekly book podcast, and yes. that's just how it is, everyone. And now we are contractually obligated. And now we're being really con- confrontational about it. <laughs> we hope folks are having a good end of their calendar year. Maybe you've been reflecting on what books you enjoyed this Hopefully year. Hopefully, a good end to your fiscal year if you if you're depending on, yes, on the fiscal yes. calendar you're on. Yeah. I mean, if your fiscal year ends in June, I hope things are gravy, baby. Like the season's starting. Who knows what's going on? Mm-hmm. But uh, we're not talking about money here yet. No. We're going <laughs> to talk about the airfare. Um, speaking of money, though, this was recommended by two of our Patreon donors, Amy and Chels. Thank you for your patience as we uh, put this book on our calendar. Amy said it's the first in a many first in a many book series about a British literary detective. And Chels said, this isn't my favorite book. You guys have actually already covered that. No elaboration. I'm not sure what book that was. Um, but Obviously, it, wait, what book What book was it? What's a funny one? I don't know. Obviously, it was Fifty Shades Darker. Obviously, it was Skateboard Tough. Um, but it is a fun short read that I think you both may enjoy. What makes it fun is how meta it is for book nerds. As you have read Jane Eyre, I thought it would be an interesting tie-in. So we did Jane Eyre on episode 182. Andrew, you read it. And yeah, I'm we were, sure... this was an episode we recorded while I was on the road for work, and I'd forgotten my microphone at home, so I went oh. out to a radio shack. <laughs> Bought a $20 USB microphone, recorded a podcast with it once using a sock as a pop screen. And then the next day I returned it to that same radio shack. Man, we should make a playlist of the rough ones. Because <laughs> now I'm reminded of that time I took a vacation to Maine and I guess I just shouted into my earbuds the whole time. Cause I, I mean, can we do it? Can we just do a commentary track for podcasts? Yes. How do you do with that work? Would That's that be good? good? I would listen to our own comedy or a pop up video track. kind of thing where you're just where the screen is just black, but then the pop ups pop up in That'd this one. 
Craig was we really could, tired. We could do like an enhanced CD-ROM sort of version of the podcast. Oh, a multimedia ver. Yes, an encarted disc. Um, so I bet you remember everything about Jane Eyre is what I really oh, was trying to get I do, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know, let's just take that as a given. We probably won't talk about it very much. It'll never come up. Um, we know you know. Everyone's we know you fine. know. Um, so Mr. Ford, I had not heard about him at all. And so it was a real surprise to me, a very honest, nice surprise when we put this on the schedule and everyone freaked out. Like a lot of people were very excited. Everyone was happy to to hear we were doing this one. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm happy. I'm happy. Like what? Like how many years into into being close personal friends with Margaret H. Willison and I finally understand what her Twitter (laughs) handle means? (laughs) Uh, so this man who wrote a book was born in 1961. He's a Welsh novelist. Um, before he got into writing books, he was a focus puller in the film industry. Do you know what that is, Andrew? Uh, he he focuses the lenses on old timey cameras because it needed a whole. They're so big that they needed a whole person just for that. Well. Sort of. I don't know that they're they were particularly old timey. He was responsible for like getting those rack focuses in. Like I see. I don't know what that is either. Okay, You're to keep drilling down into this. <laughs> anyway, when the cameras pointed out one thing, but then someone's at a different distance, so you change the focus, so you don't have to change the shot, but you can like move it from Andrew who's oh. far away to Craig who's close to oh. the camera. Um, and I, I guess he did other stuff too. But he worked on such hits as. The Mask of Zorro from 1998, <laughs> uh, The Saint, Golden Eye, uh, Entrapment, starring our friend Christina's favorite, Catherine Zeta Jones. Um, and he said that he had time, like, what did he refer to this as? Like, an industry where he would be well paid for like a six month job and then have a few months off. So he would spend that time writing books. Mask of Zora also has Catherine Zeta-Jones in it. I went to check oh. just to be 100% sure. Oh, so dang, you're just, right. So we're you're pointing right. out the Catherine Zeta-Jones references. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he spent that time, his downtime between films, like working on books. Yeah, this He wrote, I don't know how, how many books he said he wrote and tried to get published um, before this one, but it wasn't until 2001 that the air affair was picked up. And... Uh, it is the first of seven Thursday Next novels. Mm-hmm. Um, he has written a couple other series. Uh, one series called Shades of Grey, which he started in 2009, which, sir, I'm familiar with several other books. Well, just like how many, it, I guess it depends how many of them there are. If there's more or less than 50, then probably we're fine. Okay, great. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that series. And he also wrote, he's been writing a YA fantasy series called The Last Dragon Slayer. But these books in the Thursday Next series, um, he's won awards for some of them. One is called The Woman Who Died a Lot, which is just a great title. <laughs> uh, he won the Bollinger Everyman Wodehouse Prize for comic literature for the well of lost plots and they all will talk about how it is specifically applied in this book but they all appear to have some sort of like universe hopping between stories that just really appeals to someone who loves books like if you love classic literature 
and what if there was a matrix where you could jump between them? This seems to be for you. Yeah, and and before I say this, which I think is probably going to be uh-oh, controversial. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I don't mean it pejoratively. Sure. But I think the book that this reminded me of the most that I've read in like recent memory is probably Ready Player One and purely, mm. purely, purely from uh, like meta reference. Sure, sure. I, th- I, I think that this is cleverer than that book. I think the references are better used. Um, mm. I think by constructing a universe where it's literary references that are the currency of the realm and not <laughs> like references to movies that everyone on earth saw, but that you're still acting like are special niche nerd things that only you mm. can really understand. Um, I think it works better, okay. but I don't think that tonally they are super far apart. And it, it is my understanding too that he's also drawing on the lineage of like Douglas Adams, who wrote Hitchhiker's yeah, Guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like a Doug, there's a Douglas Adams, uh, like Terry Pratchett sort of vibe. Yes, yes, that, yes, yes, yes. That yes. pervades, yeah. Um, Which isn't bad. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, he said that, like, what is the? It originally started as a film script. This is an interview with Indie Bound. Um, it originally started as a film script before I ever thought I could write a novel at all. It wasn't very good, but it had Thursday Next in it and her assistant and the idea that somebody had kidnapped Jane Eyre. It wasn't a very good film script, as I said, and not all that funny, very serious and dark. He goes on to talk about how he had heard about Graham Greene writing a short story to get a film made better. And he said, if that's good enough for Green, it's good enough for me. And then once he wrote a story, he liked it way more and then set off to make this a whole book okay. and a series. <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, what else do I have about him? Um, this has gone on to like become a fandom of sorts. Again, as we kind of encountered when we announced this thing, that there is a Ford Festival, Andrew, in that you can attend in Swindon, which may or may, I don't know where that is. It's somewhere in the UK. I don't know if it's in Wales or not. I believe it is. I believe it is called the Ford Fiesta. Oh, well, which that's is a also, car. Which is also the name of a car that my dad drove for a while. <laughs> okay. But yeah, people like gather together to you know do things from the book. Apparently there's a game show called Name That Fruit. Um, there's some sort of Hamlet contest, uh, and he's just has been kind of blown away that people love his book so much that they would do such a thing, which to be fair, it's, it's always a surprise when people love a thing you like, you know, mm-hmm. if you set out assuming that that's going to be the case, then you've probably, you're doing it bad. Um, anything else about like the background of the book you want to chat about Andrew before we get moving? No. No. <laughs> what do you know about the Crimean War? Uh, that it was a long time ago and that it ended. Yeah, that's a big thing, right? From 1853 to 1856. Uh, that's the main thing you need to know about the Crimean War for to, to understand how they talk about it in this book, where it is still an ongoing concern. Still ongoing. In the year 1980-something is the year the book takes place. 1980-something. Okay, cool. Well, let's let us leave the listeners pondering the Crimean War while we take a quick break. And then I'm going to ask you to tell me about this book. (laughs) 
Craig, in today's modern, fast-paced web 2.0 world, yeah, Santa is not going to read your letter. Santa doesn't have time. There are too many kids, too many gifts. Santa's off making PlayStations. He's too busy to read your letter. So how do you how do you get his eye? Do you write a good cover letter? No, you get a good website like the ones that they make over at Squarespace. Great. Tell me more. This sounds like a good plan because I need to get some good gifts from Santa. Mm-hmm. Squarespace helps you turn your cool idea, like a bespoke, very fancy looking gift list, into a new website. <laughs> and showcase your work, to blog or publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds or ask for products and services of all kinds, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, announce an upcoming event or special project and so much more they do this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers i wonder if santa has made any of them i bet all of his elves have because he's Mm, just a taskmaster (laughs) um and everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box so santa's on his phone on the toilet he he should not be checking his phone while he's in the sleigh that is a bad santa do not text and sleigh well, I mean, if he's flying over international waters, I guess he can do whatever he wants. But if he's, yeah, if he's flying over a state that outlaws it or a country, then yeah. If you want to make a real eye-catching wish list for Santa and his elves, go to squarespace.com slash overdue for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash overdue for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, Squarespace. Put a website in your stocking. Andrew, do you got any games on your wish list? I think I, I have a I have a Nintendo eShop gift card. Does that count? Yes, but you know you can't spend that on PlayStation games. No, you also can't spend it on the great game La Mancha, which is an award-winning storytelling card game from Pie for Breakfast Studios, where you battle your friends one minute and declare love to them the next, and it's based on the novel Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. The windmill one? The windmill guy! As knights on a heroic journey, players use cards to describe their chivalric adventures, battling giants, or are they windmills, wooing loves, and winning treasure. As I said a few weeks ago, I got a chance to play this game uh, with some family. It was super fun. We were battling over lovers. We were equipping sweet gear, and we were fighting bandits on the road. That's just how I live my life. I don't know what you're... Yeah, you don't need the game, but if folks want to play uh, this game that is designed for both Don Quixote aficionados and people who've never heard of the book, they can learn more and pick up the game for 30 bucks at pfbstudios.com slash shop. That's pfbstudios.com slash shop. Shoppers can apply the coupon code OVERDUE until 1231. That's the end of 2019 for $5 off their order. That's the coupon code OVERDUE. La Mancha. Put it on your wish list. Sandra, I hear this book is about books. What's that about? Yes. You heard that right, my friend. <laughs> but what is it about specifically? Who is Thursday Next and what's her deal? Thursday Next is a detective who works in an alternate reality British government. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> Where um, there are all these like special ops offices that are all numbered from like 1 to 20-something or 30-something. Sounds very British. And uh, one of the, the the office that she specifically works in, she's a literatech. Yes. Who is a sort of detective who is 
uh, specifically attuned to like book related crimes. Now this is like manuscript theft. Okay. And yeah, that's mostly it's mostly like manuscript theft and the kind of stuff that I think a very fanciful librarian would really enjoy mm. doing. If they were writing like an action movie with themselves as a star, this is kind of what they would be okay, doing. Okay, so it's it feels already very national treasury, which does speak to me a little bit. Cause I like a Nick Cage in a way where I don't like him, but I can't look away. <laughs> So it's you know I'm not, we're not stealing the Constitution here. What are we stealing? No, we're not. We're not stealing Constitution. Uh, something that really early on in this book, it has come to light that the original manuscript for Charles Dickens's uh, Martin Chuzzlewit has been stolen. You don't say. Now this is that is quite a name. It's a book for in a fact, story, and it's a book. <laughs> and so Thursday is enlisted in this like special ops group because the person who took this manuscript is suspected to be this dude named uh, Acheron Hades. Of course. Who is somebody, he was like a professor at the college where Thursday attended. Um, but he's just, he's this criminal who really likes to do crimes just for the sake of doing crimes. And also he is sort of supernatural mm. in ways that are not fully explored in this book. Okay. I don't know if he comes back in future books. I he think does he get, does. Yeah killed a couple of times in this a couple of times but there okay. but there's always a there's a, you know there's always a or did did he he seems like a moriarty-esque yeah. figure like a he's a more yeah yeah okay yeah this book is very uh it's very literary minded like i like we mentioned a little bit before the break the the main thing that is different okay so it's sort of a little dystopian mm. there's this amazon-esque I call it Amazon-esque just because of the extent of its reach into everybody's lives. It's this uh, company called the Goliath Corporation. Okay. Because in literature, every corporation like this picks a really evil and like, like <laughs> a, na- a name that has like deeper meaning that makes it really obvious that they're not a good guy. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, but they like helped Britain rebuild after. World War Two, I th- I think, okay, and they just remain have remained prominent in British society since then. I say I think World War Two because I don't remember if World War Two happened in this timeline or not. Like the main war that has been happening and continues to happen is the Crimean War, which is a um, conflict between England and Russia primarily. That in our timeline, like we said, ended within three years, but in this timeline continues sort of indefinitely it is um it's this was written in 2001 so like bef- like pre-war on terror yeah so i guess the closest analog might be like what if vietnam was still happening yeah i think so uh well, or that's, a, that's um, an interesting way to think about it too because as i recall crimean war is the first uh like of like some of our modern like explosive shells there's like a there's a technological like leap that the Crimean War is used as like a marker for, um, yeah. like railways and telegraphs and stuff. It's also where Charge of the Light Brigade comes from. If you ever heard of that, it's like a failed disaster of a of a thing that happened. Um, but it's pretty short. It's right. It's only three or four years, and this is very different in the book. Yes, obviously. Now there has not been constant fighting that entire time, but it's become. Um, for England in particular, it's become kind of this point of of pride where they 
don't want to like give it up. And every once in a while, somebody develops a new technology that like gets the fighting started again. But and there have been like some start and stop efforts at at like negotiations to end the thing. But, okay. Okay. But yeah, it's and and so Thursday comes out of of that war. She's a veteran from this alternate Crimean War, and she lost her brother in this fight and there's a guy who she was in love with who survives but like their relationship is strained because he told like the he told the brass that it was her brother's fault that the charge that he died in went so bad and he's not wrong but obviously as his sister Thursday has like a lot of trouble like processing that. I think that's really all I, (laughs) (laughs) we don't need to talk about the romance plot too much. Let's front load with, with criticisms um, of the story. And then we can just talk about like the fun world building stuff that (laughs) happens is I think this Thursday as a character is not super interesting to me because in much the same way as, as Ready Player One's protagonist was just kind of effortlessly competent at everything. Mm. She also is effortlessly competent at everything and it makes it like, I don't know. It's, it's harder to. Have you had that problem with Sherlock Holmes? I haven't read a lot of Sherlock Holmes, honestly. Because I feel like that is a that is I a, have a problem with like Superman. Like any hero sure. who is mostly invulnerable is just a little boring to me because there's a there's a lack of of tension there. Sure, 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 um, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I just wanted to because it's drawing on that tradition too, which I think different versions of Sherlock have tried to portray to different mm-hmm. levels of success, mm-hmm. um, or like. I guess like Hercule Poirot and like he's obviously like he might have difficulties within a particular mystery, but he's it's not going to be about who he is as a person necessarily. No. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Thursday's deal is like she is, I mean, she is written a little, there's like a, an archetype of a, almost like a James Bond sort of thing who is oh, like okay. he's suave with the opposite sex and like, knows how to like has a bunch of pals all over the place because she's so instantly likable and is good at driving and good at shooting a gun mm. and has like working knowledge of how to solve like time anomalies. And there's just, there's very little <laughs> that she runs into or she can like instantly identify counterfeit books. Like th- there's just really nothing that she runs into that she is bad at. Mm, sure. Um, and it's interesting to see that applied to a woman but that's kind in of this all type of adventure character. story. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. kind of all that the all that her character is. So okay. like, I don't know. That's it's not it's not a huge criticism. But if I don't talk about Thursday a lot, it's because I found her herself less interesting than the world that is built around her. Yeah, it um, sounds like it sounds like that could be a thing that he wakes up to also in the later books, where it's like, hey, I had this cool idea. I had these names that I liked. Like Thursday next was based on the way that his mom said next Thursday. And uh-huh. he was like, that sounds like a person. And then he also had an idea about Does it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ask Jasper. That's uh-huh. our new segment. Um, and he, then he's like, Oh, what if someone kidnapped Jane Eyre? Okay, cool. And that's the, then he just started writing. And yeah, it sounds like 
he had a plot idea and a world idea first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how a lot of mystery things start anyway, unless you're like, and so, really and, so I, and, to, yeah. and yeah, and I don't want to ding the two, the, the book too much for being what it is. Well, and, and for having what I am sure is, is meant to be sort of an archetype of a, mm, yeah. of a detective yes, or like an agent person. Like I, I am sure that Ford is, is drawing on these like literary traditions willfully and he does a he does a good job of it like that's that's just the protagonist that she is cool um okay so let's talk about plot um i mentioned the chuzzlewit thing yeah and it's like in this alternate reality where people do book crimes for some reason well be, let me uh i think i have a ref a couple of references just to um to uh let you know the extent to which like literary references permeate the society okay Um, every every chapter begins with an excerpt from like an in universe literary work just to like give you more like contextual information on what's going on in the world okie dokie um yeah kind of this is so this is uh from a fictional book called a short history of the special operations network Ooh, i love Uh, it milton's were on the whole the most enthusiastic poet followers a flick through the London telephone direct- directory would yield about 4,000 John Miltons, 2,000 William Blakes, 1,000 or so Samuel Coleridge's, 500 Percy Shelley's, the same of Wordsworth and Keats, and a handful of Dryden's. Such, ma- such mass name-changing could have problems in law enforcement. Following an incident in a pub where the assailant, victim, witness, landlord, arresting officer, and judge had all been called Alfred Tennyson, a law had been passed compelling each namesake to carry a registration number tattooed behind the ear. It hadn't been well-received. Few really practical law enforcement measures ever are. Okay, sure. So there, there is that, and then there is a point where Thursday and this, this on-again, off-again lover of hers attend. Is that Bowden uh, Cable, or is that someone else? Uh, no, that that's her partner. Okay, okay. Um, attends a uh, a performance of Richard the Third. Sure. That is like fully Rocky Horror picture <laughs> show. With uh, like every it, it is performed by people from the audience who are like cast thirty minutes before. Oh, I love and there's it. There's all this like call and response stuff doing. Um, Richard opened his mouth to speak and the whole audience erupted in unison. When is the winter of our discontent? Now, replied Richard with a cruel smile, is the winter of our discontent. A cheer (laughs) went up to the chandeliers high in the ceiling. The play had begun. That's cool. Okay. On the word summer, 600 people placed sunglasses on and looked up at an imaginary sun. (laughs) (laughs) And all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. When were our brows bound, yelled the audience. Now are our brows bound with victorious wreaths, continued Richard, ignoring them completely. So this sounds like Craig bait it does a little bit it's real craig bait why does it um does he get into at all what in this world caused like quote-unquote literary culture to become the pop culture it's just the way things are. it's just the way things are okay i just wanted i wasn't sure if there was like and in 1870 the the book event happened and now everyone loves english literature i I feel like there is there's got to be a departure point somewhere because all of this literature does well not all of it exists as it does in our world but that's that's another thing we can talk about okay great yeah um, i want to know about that too. but yeah like dickens and and austin and the brontes and and everyone like they're all they're they all exist in this world and they all are 
known. Like, obviously, they're known to a greater extent than yes. they are in our world. But I believe the relative fame level is about the same. From what I was reading, the next book, Lost in a Good Book, does involve Shakespeare's lost play Cardinio and a, something to do with Kafka's The Trial. So I'm not sure if any of the books get more contemporary than Kafka, which is pretty late, all things considered. Um, like, I don't know that they're going through, you know, 1940s American literature or anything probably, like that. Probably, probably not. not. Um, yeah, and then, like, there, there are multiple characters in this book who swap fan theories about who actually wrote Shakespeare, like you would talk oh, about. Like Star Wars or Watchmen, just Shakespeare people. did it. It was just Shakespeare. Do you want to know? Okay, this is a bit of a. It's a it's, we spoil stuff. In this book, at least, it becomes a time paradox thing. Mm. Where okay, so Thursday's dad is a like a chrono guard or something, whatever they Heck call yeah. like the the time cops <laughs> yes. in this, and so he just like pops in Deus Ex Machina style a couple times in the book to just like pop in and say something clever and then leave. Um, so at the end, she gets married to this dude, like whatever his name is, and her dad pops in to say, happy wedding. Can I get you anything? And she says, can you figure out who wrote Shakespeare for real? And then he comes back and he's like, well, Shakespeare is just some idiot, but I gave him the complete collected works of William Shakespeare and told him to publish them at a, at a set interval. <laughs> Okay. And so we still don't know who wrote them. It's a time, but it's a, it wasn't William Shakespeare or was it? It's a time loop. That's great. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get well, right so that, off the I, bat, That's my new working theory is that it's a time loop situation. Hey, we prove prove you wrong. I dare anyone. Um change my mind. <laughs> change my mind. So this I can see how this book is already like I'm enjoying it. I didn't even read it. But like for someone who is more than passing familiar with any of these works of literature is going to be like, oh, that's fun. I get that. Oh, that's cool. I see that. It's sort of like a fun conversation I had with a friend where like, which of our, you know, who in our friend group is the Tennyson kind of nonsense. Um, <laughs> it's like a BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's why people like those types of BuzzFeed quizzes, right? Because it like, it plays on a, 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 what feels like a bunch of in jokes, even though it might be wider knowledge than that, um, and lets you kind of fill in your own like attachment to it, which is why, which is where books really succeed, I think. Um, and you don't, you don't need a super. I, I think you would probably appreciate it more if you had a super deep knowledge of everything that's being referenced. But I have a very workmanlike grasp of classic literature, and I understood and enjoyed most of the references just fine so. okay so tell me about the central mystery you mentioned a bad guy um, we've mentioned jane Eyre, and we mentioned martin chuzzlewit <laughs> so one of we meet the next family uh, so what happens is uh thursday is sort of drafted into this high this higher up uh special ops mm, mm -hmm. office like so5 i think it is and in the the book, and this is kind of a clever bit of of leaving yourself room to write more sequels later, but 
once you get to like SO nine or 10, like you just, nobody knows what any of them do. So he has left himself a lot of leeway to just make the offices do whatever he needs them to oh, do. Oh, that's in smart. Future books. Yep. So, um, but she, she is drafted into this because of her personal experience with this guy, Acheron Hades. And so they set up the sting. Um, they've like staked out Acheron's brother's house. Um, to try and recover this manuscript, and things go south, and people die, and Thursday's the only one who survives, like, partly because of force of will, but also partly because maybe the actual Mr. Rochester from Jane Eyre oh, cool. saves her. Whoa. How did he get <laughs> because, there? Because as a child, she's in, a she's in like, a Bronte exhibit, and somebody is reading from the original manuscript of Jane Eyre and she briefly finds herself like inside the book and like meets Mr. Rochester. Oh. And because and I think Jane Eyre was was chosen in part because it's from Jane's perspective mm. and so like nobody knows what Mr. Rochester's doing all the time. So there's so room to there, go there's like, a lot of yeah, him. there's a lot of latitude. Like these characters exist in the book even when they're not doing anything. They're it's sort of it's not quite like they are uh, performers like putting on a performance, but they are like aware of the like people say just a couple times like this happens this way because it's written that way. Like they they have a knowledge of the script, but they are also people. Yeah. Okay. Who live in a world, or at least the world. If if the world is created in the book anywhere, then it stands like in this. Yeah. Like you can. They they're talking a little bit later. Like you can visit any of the like the towns that are mentioned in Jane Eyre if you're in that universe of Jane Eyre, but you can't like go to London because she doesn't talk about London. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So like the whole world is not like traveling back in time. It's just like traveling to a little pocket of world that has been built. At what point um, in the we book? Could, we could talk more about all that stuff. Okay, like this great. is all like pretty late actually. Okay. But um, hit me, hit but, me with this, with this mystery. Cause then I want to ask about the book hopping. Uh, so she is she is injured. Uh, she wakes up and then she from the future shows up in her hospital room in a car with another guy in it. In the hospital? In a car? Yeah. And she and she says to herself, "Hey, take this job in Swindon, which is where she is originally from." Okay. And she's like, "Well, I better listen to me <laughs> because." It, Acheron has been has been said to be killed at this point, but she doesn't. She doesn't think it's true. Um, so she goes to Swindon. They're still like trying to track down this Chuzzlewit thing, and we also meet the rest of the next family. Um, the, her uncle Mycroft next, who that's a name you might recognize. Yes, yes. Um, is a like an absent-minded inventor, very uh, Professor Farnsworth esque. Professor Farnsworth, or the dad from Beauty and the Beast. Let me. Re- I call it my olfactograph. It's very simple. Since any bloodhound worth its salt will tell you that each person's smell is unique like a thumbprint, then it follows that a machine that can recognize a felon's individual smell must be of use where other forms of identification fail. A thief may wear gloves and a mask, but he can't hide his scent. So I go to Professor Farnsworth Farnsworth because he invented the smelloscope. Sure. Yes. Okay. And I believe Futurama predates this by like a year or two. Yeah, well, but uh, he was working on this for a long time. So most, I I bet great minds. I bet great minds both invent a smelloscope at the yes, same time. That's fair. Um, so Mycroft, Mycroft has invented this 
so he's invented these things called bookworms that like read that like eat words and then like repeat the words that they eat and it's used a few times for comedic effect but the main thing that these worms are being used for is you could like hook them up to a machine that transports you into these books or can transport characters out of them so this thing that has spontaneously happened to thursday once and occasionally happens you know elsewhere he mycroft has created a machine that makes it repeatable okay i have a question whenever okay sure so i feed a bookworm my book and then i plug the bookworm like a usb drive into this machine sure and then i can go inside the book will i encounter other people who are doing this you can and, and Nobody else has a machine, but other people can do it spontaneously. Okay, but we okay. We'll talk about this in a little bit because it, <laughs> but because it goes into the Chuzzlewit thing. Nobody can figure out why Akron has the Chuzzlewit script. Okay, not script the manuscript. The manuscript. Sure. Um, but it comes to light that a minor character in Martin Chuzzlewit suddenly is not in any of the copies of the book anymore. It's not like people forget he was there, but just if you if you go to read the book, suddenly one day this character who was there wasn't isn't there anymore. That's cool. Okay. And so it's a thing where you can go into any book, but if you want to like once you're in that book, you can change stuff. It's not like stuff's just happening around you and it's immovable and nobody sees you because you're like some kind of future ghost or something. You can you can alter the course of events and then the book will change as well. Uh, people's people's minds don't change like they don't forget that that's which which is one thing that I'm sort of you just kind of have to accept that that's how it is. Like it does it doesn't make sense that if you alter the original manuscript to Martin Chuzzlewit, every copy of Martin Chuzzlewit changes because they're all they all like come from that one. Yes, but also everyone still remembers the way that it was. Like you're not. You're changing the printed word, but you're not really altering the flow of time, but kind of you are. I have a question. I have a question. Um, When you say everyone, do you mean everyone reading the book, or do the other characters in the book also remember this dude who's gone? Everybody, like everybody who has read that book can read it now and be like, wait, this is different. Yes. Okay. But, But in the book, Martin Chuzzlewit, have those people never heard of this guy? I don't, it's not really explored. Well, okay. So, in, so later on when uh, Acheron does the same thing to the book Jane Eyre. And Jane's gone. And, and Jane's gone. The book just stops because it's from Jane's point of view. And so there's nobody left to tell the story. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Now, I don't, I don't know if the other characters are just in there like hanging out being like, <laughs> where's Poochie? But the implication <laughs> is that I guess they are. There's a little bit of wiggle room, though. Okay, sure. But I see what you're... The point you're trying to make is that it does not alter, you know, Thursday's reality of what the original book was. Right. Like, that's what that's what makes it a, a crime is, like, mm. if, Acheron, if Acheron wants to hurt people, like, really hurt, like, Bronte super fans, he can go after their book. And they'll still know that Jane Eyre was a person in a book that was written. Yes. But all copies of that book are blank Janeless now. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I presume this, the mystery is about trying to figure out both how he's doing this, why he's doing this, 
and maybe stop him. Yeah, I mean, he's so he's doing it basically because he's evil and it's like fun. That's the motivation that you have to accept. And, sure. And like I like I said with the like the time flow thing, there this book was well, this book is super fun and I enjoyed it a lot, but there's a whole lot of stuff you just kind of have to accept and if you bounce off it then there's not a lot to to be done about it and this is reading goodreads reviews of books is something that i'm increasingly doing in my research because i just i like to know what the common like praise and and criticism of a thing is Mm. especially if i'm trying to like if i have formed my own opinion and i want to check it against other people's opinions that's like a a quick easy way to to do it and maybe like get a second opinion and, and think over it a little bit but um People like the the sort of silly, sort of irreverent tone and the um the way that the ideas don't always like hold up to scrutiny. You just kind of have to accept that they are and relax and read the book and enjoy it. Um some people don't like that. No, oh, sure. Well, some people feel the way about this book that I do about Ready Player One, which I don't I didn't Get that, but I do understand how you could feel that way. I guess is what. Well, I'm can I dig? Can I ask you to dig deeper on that? Is uh, it that they? No, crap. <laughs> I've dug as deep as I'm interested. I broke my shovel. I can't dig deeper. Come on, dig, Doug. Let's go. Um, is it that they found? Is there a reader who might find these references too shallow or too haphazard, rather than the kind of like? I'm just like having fun in here romp that it sounds like Ford is going for. I think I think if you get the references, you're not going to be like super frustrated by their shallowness. Oh, OK. Um, so here's here's one just the top line that I think is pretty common um, of the negative reviews. I didn't enjoy this. It tries too hard to be clever and to cover many different genres, humor, sci fi, horror, detective, literary and more, whilst also being annoyingly silly. Mm. Uh, after 100 pages, I ditched it. Something I rarely do. Yeah, so there's sort of just a "how dare it be silly" thing. Yeah, that I think. Sort of. Yeah, and and if some readers don't like a book that doesn't want to stay in one genre, right? Or like kind of, I don't defies genre is it a loaded nonsense phrase? Um, but it's some people like knowing what type of book they're gonna get. And it sounds it's also like two genres that I feel like it's hard to do together well is like a comedy mystery. Mm, sure. I sure. feel like it I feel like it's hard to keep people emotionally invested in the mystery when you're also yucking it up. Yeah, fair enough. I think I, I don't mean, think that's always true, but I just when it works, that's why people I have like experienced clue. it to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um so okay, so what how does this mystery go and then i want to talk about like the mechanics of the world because i want to know more about uh it's, just, it's mostly just like trying to track down acheron like first once the so mycroft what what hades is threatened to do is like i killed this minor character in martin chuzzlewit now you know what i'm up to mm. and if you don't give me like a bunch of money and stuff yeah i'll kill martin chuzzlewit Okay. Don't, do you, do you want to do Martin Chuzzlewit without Martin Chuzzlewit? I don't think so. How dare I kill the major character of this Dickens book that didn't sell real well? I'm gonna go for it. Um, but Mycroft burns the manuscript because he figures better that the original be gone and 
you know, he, he not be able to affect every other copy in existence. I buy that. Um, I buy that. So then so after that, after that happens, like, of course, Thursday figures it out because she just like knows her uncle who she hasn't seen in 10 years well enough to assume that that's what he did. This is the kind of like, yeah, Thursday is this competent because you need to do it to create plot shortcuts. Yeah, sometimes. sure. Well, when it's mostly um, plot and not character development, you need someone who can just turn the page like as a force of nature. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so they're thinking, okay, what what's he gonna do next? Like, obviously, he has this machine. Like, he has kidnapped Mycroft, and he's he got this machine that can do this stuff. What is he gonna go after next? That's gonna have more literary impact, and it ends up being Jane Eyre. And so the the wrinkle in this um, is that canonically, for most of this book, um, toward the end of Jane Eyre, there is a um, there's a missionary who asks him to go to India with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that she's going to, but then she doesn't. And in this universe, she does go and she doesn't marry Mr. Rochester. And so everybody in this book throughout is like, oh, Jane Eyre is a really great book. But everybody but the most like hardcore purists will admit to you that the ending kind of sucks. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been so much better if she'd married Mr. Rochester? At the huh. end? And so... Um, Hades takes Jane out of the book. Everybody all over the world like loses it because this book suddenly doesn't have his heroine anymore. And uh, Thursday tracks down Hades and his goons and whoever and goes into um, he he goes into the book. There's this whole other like side plot where there's this Goliath guy who is trying to get a hold of this uh this like book reality shifting machine that Minecraft yes. has invented sure. so that he can the like they, they they say they've invented these plasma rifle things that are going to change the balance of the Crimean War but in reality the physics of them just don't work and so what he wants to do is through this like portal pull from a book where plasma rifles are real and do work, working plasma yeah. rifles. Yeah. And so, yeah, so there's this whole thing where, like, to double-cross him, Hades and Thursday both find themselves in Jane Eyre uh, with Jane. trying Like, Thursday's trying to set the set the story right. Uh, Acheron's just trying to get out and also to, to mess with Thursday. Um and in the course of events, so so in Jane Eyre, as we know it, um, Rochester's wife, who is like infirm in some way, like burns his estate down and then yes. commits suicide by jumping off the roof. Um, and this, that happens because there is this chaotic showdown between like Thursday and Hades and then Mr. Rochester's wife is there and... Hades kills Mr. Rochester's wife and then burns the house. Down. Oh no. <laughs> and, but because Jane's not there, like you just, you she get everything know. from her point of view. And so whatever, you know, whatever version of events is relayed to her is, is what happens. So, huh. um, Thursday does kill Hades or does she? Sure. Sure. sure, sure. Um, and sets the book, right. And like Mr. Rochester, he sustains injuries in the book in, uh, air affair it is because he's been he's helping to fight off Hades like he sustains these injuries in that final conflict yeah um 
but Thursday is is the reason why Jane Eyre ends the way it ends, and everybody in the book is like, "Yeah, this is a better ending." Thanks. <laughs> okay. I think and I was as I was reading summaries, um, I had assumed that her uncle Mycroft was named after Mycroft Holmes because the book is just full of literary references. Though Holmes and like Arthur Conan Doyle are not. I don't think mentioned by name in these at all, which is sure. sort of conspicuous in its hmm. absence. Wonder and my is. understanding is that in a later book, Mycroft enters the Sherlock Holmes universe and is Mycroft Holmes. Oh no. <laughs> it's not an homage thing. It's just like, this is who the character That's is. That's kind of cool. There's, yeah. There's a later book called first among sequels that which I, is a very good title by the yeah, way. It, um, focuses on Jane Austen and specifically Pride and Prejudice. It was written in 2007 and apparently is like uh, they introduce the concept of reality television and like do it in the Pride and Prejudice verse and it does not go very well. Oh no. Um, It just seems like he has a couple other tricks up his sleeve in terms of like playing with pop culture and running it through this like book of verse world hopping stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you have any sense of where else that reality jumping stuff goes? Andrew, is there any like rules there that we haven't talked about? We've got the bookworms. We've got Mycroft's machine. We've got changing the original manuscript, which then changes all the other books. The only other thing is um so so like we mentioned if you alter an original manuscript you do alter all the other copies of that but by the same token if you just like trap somebody in like a trade paperback of Edgar Allan Poe books they can change the words of the raven the raven to like curse your name without affecting the rest of literature <laughs> Oh my! So if, <laughs> because nobody nobody's using that like trade paperback as the source for any like subsequent editions or anything. Is so that, that's what happens to the the Goliath guy? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> is he gets trapped in a like in a dumb bookstore copy of of Poe books and he's just <laughs> sitting in there stewing to himself? Okay. Does she do any jumping? Not using the machine is like that, like a special thing she can do. Just that she she did it in into Jane Eyre once, and that's where she met Rochester originally. And he like remembers her and continues to help her out. Like he can cross over spontaneously too. Um, and it's not it it is not really explained or or dived into who either in the like the real world or in the the uh, narrative worlds who can cross over without the help of this machine or when or why, like that might be a sequel thing or it might just be a, you only, just, you just don't need accepted, to know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just accept it as a thing that happens because that's how, that's how it is. Um, sure. All right. Um, in the, in book world, as I've, have been reading in Wikipedia is what it's referred to, which seems very just blunt. Interesting. <laughs> um, I don't really have, I don't yeah. really have anything else. I mean, it's, Oh, here's, I, oh, I, I had a fun time. I people who enjoyed this book and were excited that we were reading it, I totally get it. Like I, I had a lot of fun. It reads really fast. It is clever in a way that I didn't bounce off of, which is which mm. can be hard to do. I think the books that I've had the most trouble doing for the show have been the ones where the author the author thinks that they are just being really funny and clever. <laughs> 
Did you want to know what happened? It's hard to do if. if, hmm? Did you want to know what happened next? Kind of. I mean, my I guess four hundred episodes in, I've resigned myself to the fact that I just can't do extracurricular reading. So even if I did want to turn around and pick up the sequel to this, I have a dozen books on that pile already. And oh, I meant I meant specifically in this book, like it was. A book where you're like, oh, let me see what happens. Like, oh, I thought you meant like in terms of reading the additional sequels. No, the, yeah, I I wanted to know what happened next. Sure, 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 sure. It's a it's a real page turner, which is always kind of a weird compliment <laughs> to give a book that we are that we have to read. But but being easy to read is is refreshing. Sometimes. Sure. Um, last... I haven't read that many books for the show that have really not wanted me to read them. Infinite Jest mm. was one of them, but it's sure it is a uh, tiring experience when that happens. This he did um, on somewhere on his website in some old Q and A. Um, he was talking about film work influencing the style of this book. Like someone asked him about it, um, and he says. Uh, a lot of the construction of the air affair fits quite easily into the framework of a film. Uh, subplots, flashbacks, car chases, denouement and burning buildings, frequent location changes, dramatic plot changes, and of course, a double or false ending or quadruple endings. Um, there are different ways of telling stories and stories are fundamental to us all. Does that vibe with your experience? Does it feel cinematic in any way that you are either surprised by or like that feels like an interesting juxtaposition given how rooted it is in literary culture to me that he would talk about it that way. I feel like it would, cause in a movie adaptation, you just, you don't have the time. You don't have sure. the ability to spread out. Mm. And you also rely on one, the, the, the main thing you're relying on to cut words is just being able to show people stuff instead of telling them about it. Yeah. 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 And I just I feel like it could be difficult to convey at a glance with no additional context some of the like references and the literary stuff that's happening in here. I, I could see a movie version of it happening, but I don't know that you could convert this particularly easily to a, a movie, if that answers your question. I think so. I was just also wondering, like, structurally, does it feel kind of just like a mystery movie? I think maybe your earlier comments about I mean, a it. Mystery, not... A mystery movie just—it's a mystery is a mystery. Yeah, but I guess it feels like a, it feels like a mystery novel. Well, it is a mystery to the novel. and to the extent that a mystery movie feels like a mystery novel, then yes, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. I did have one. I had one line that I highlighted just so I could read it to you. Um, this is talking about one of uh, Hades lackeys. Um. He had been uh, passed over for every major part with the ESC, which is the England Shakespeare Company, I think, uh, for 10 years, relegated to walk-ons and understudying. He'd become so dangerously unstable that even the other actors noticed. Oh, no. (laughs) I like that. Actors. They're so strange. I love them. (laughs) Um, Well, great. If folks who are familiar with this book um, have other thoughts that they want to share, they can hit us up at overduepod at gmail.com. If you're using email, if you want to use Twitter or Facebook, that's at overduepod. Um, thanks to all the people who reached out to us this past week, including Graham, Hannah, Natalie, Annie, Chris, Michael, Mandy, Catherine, Sarah, Brad, Jessica, Rhea, Trina, Helen, and many more. Um, I put one of those what you're reading threads out on Friday, whatever that day was, um, and a lot of folks were sharing 
um, what they're up to. So if you need some reads, go check that out. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where should they go? You should go to OverduePodcast.com, which is where we have uh, the books that we have read, the ones that we're going to read. We have links to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, our RSS feed, our Patreon project, a new listener page, which we are going to update pretty soon, I think, uh, with uh, episodes that we think are good introductions to the show. Usually people just like start with a book that they know and go from there, but sometimes you're going to hit a rough episode that way. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> especially if you have an opinion about a book that we don't agree with. But um, yeah, what else? Uh, what are what are we doing next week? Next week is Home for Hanukkah, Sexy Sylvie, book one by Celine Banks. And we've already recorded this episode. It was very sexy, very horny. And then uh, we talked about the safe. book. Whoa, ayo, and not safe for kids. Or work. Or work. Depending or, on where you work, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to judge. Mixed company. <laughs> yes. I suppose. Uh, that's it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Until we see you next time, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.